السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگ اللہ بی اپون یو آل یو ار لسننگ ٹو وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو ہیئر فرام لنڈن اسٹوڈیو گڈ ایوننگ ٹو ایوری ون از لسننگ اس ٹوڈے اینڈ ویلکم ونس اگین ویئر وی یو گونا ڈسکس ٹو ویری امپارٹنٹ ٹاپک فرسٹ از ریلیٹیڈ ود فوڈ ویسٹ اینڈ سیکنڈ ان سیکنڈ آور وی ول بی ڈسکسنگ uh one of the uh, topic which would be uh, at odds with religion so as you know we have two hours where we discuss different topics and these will be the topic uh the topics we will be discussing in these two hours so as i mentioned the first hour we'll be discussing the food and waste uh the food waste uh why people are wasting food and why the food get wasted and what is the impact uh of this we see and what is the outcome of uh, wasting the food for this we will be having some guest in the uh, uh studio over the phone who will be discussing this topic in depth and will let us know that what impact does it make and of course we will be discussing this topic <clears throat> from different aspects we'll be discussing you know are we consuming more food than our needs uh, impact on the environment the food of the food we are wasting or people are wasting sometime they don't know but ultimately uh, the impact on the environment as well we'll be discussing that as well and then very important topic that does religion influence food waste habits then we'll be discussing uh, one of the topic that you know the, the, in, 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 in uh, to cover this subject the physical impact of food we consume so this hour we'll be discussing this very important topic on one hand we see the poverty there is need of food but on the other side we also see that sometimes the food get wasted and we will be having a very you know the true insight that what been wasted and how people are wasting it and what can be done to you know change this habit to waste of food you can also uh you know you can contact us through our email you can uh, call us on 0208-687-7878 and uh, you can see our page as well on twitter it's at voice of islam uk and you can you know go on our instagram page as well where you can uh discuss this uh we you can you know uh, write down your views on this topic to go uh, further uh, in the topic the food waste uh, we have our first guest with us uh, we will go to her first and then we'll be discussing uh, once again and we'll uh, uh, you know uh, discuss this topic further bef- but we will take the guest first which we have with us right now uh, Faria J uh, with us it's a registered dietitian I welcome her in the show peace be upon you Hi Freya. Hi assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum peace be upon you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Uh to start off uh, could you tell us why do you think is there such rising number of food waste especially in the UK? Yes certainly you're right that there are rising numbers of food waste in UK but but really to grasp everyone's attention it's really important for us to understand the numbers as well. So just just to give you an estimate that uh, today in uk 
like overall, we are throwing away 9.5 million tons of food annually. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of food, and if you look at look at it um, financially, that's 19 billion pounds a year. Mm-hmm. And if you look, if you think about the greenhouse gas emissions, that 20 that's 25 million tons. So the the numbers are really startling. Um, and if you if you look further into it, you will know that the most of the waste is coming from households. 6.6 mm-hmm. million waste is coming from household. So this is just to give you a picture that that you can get the numbers. And as you said, that there are extremely the numbers are extremely high going up. But why is this happening? So coming to your question now. So the thing is, why is it happening? There's so many reasons. There, there are countless reasons for it, and many causes of it. As already I mentioned, that the household is one aspect to it. But then we have to look at the shops, supermarkets, restaurants, what they are doing. Uh, or the hospitality, what they are doing, what the retail is doing. So there are all sides to it. While there are so many other sides to it, we as individuals can talk about households. This mm-hmm. is our responsibility on a household level. So I, when I think of the household side of it, I think why it is happening. I think it is happening because of. I think there is lack of awareness, to be honest. A poor education regarding how to dispose of food waste. Or looking at the expiry dates, meaning of what to do with this spoiled food. So I think there's lots and lots of factors with regards to this. Indeed, uh, as a dietitian, what method uh, would you suggest to help reduce the amount of food waste in households? Just so awareness. Again, the, the, yes, yes, absolutely. Awareness is the key. I, mm. I always say that that's the first step. Um, the first important thing we really need to engage people into the zero waste cooking technique. Mm-hmm. So, so the thing is, uh, and when we talk about zero waste, I think it's all about planning, 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 planning. It comes down to planning because once you plan your meals, you exactly know what you have to buy from the supermarket. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you won't even waste money. You know that that's 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 that'll save you money as well. The second thing, when you said that, how can I, like, what can I uh, advise being a dietitian? I would say that um, cook larger meals in bulk. Use the mm-hmm. freezer. Put things in the freezer. Use leftovers. The other thing is what I've noticed is that with leftovers, people really don't know what to what to do with the leftovers. Uh, <laughs> and I think again, it's the awareness, it's the education, mm-hmm. and it's being more adventurous with your recipes as well. I would say mm-hmm. that how can I use the, my leftovers in a better way? Um, I'll give you an example that whenever I have many leftover curries in my fridge, mm-hmm. I really don't know what to do with them because they're in such small amounts. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with them. So what I do is I I mix them with rice. I cook rice and I mix all of them with them and this like kitchery. I make a kitchery sort of a thing okay. from it. So I'm utilizing, you know, I'm using all the leftovers. Then the other point is thinking about: uh, Do we have compost bins in our house? Are we composting our our food? Most of us are not. So there are very small things. And the other thing, another very important important thing, but a very small thing: checking your fridge. It happens to me as well. I forget what's in my fridge. Mm. So regularly ensuring and being aware that what's in my fridge. Cleaning it, clearing it regularly, so mm. that you know that what's there, what's not. So there are very small things you can you can think of, you know, and you, you can you can save money and you can you know 
uh, mm. waste less food. Indeed, you know, as you mentioned about the fridge, you just uh, see after a month and everything goes in the waste then. You don't yes, really want to keep yes. anything. I understand that thing. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Moving on to next question, you know, when uh, we do grocery, uh, what yeah. kind of method can help with managing food waste in that regard? So, again, I'll come back to the, uh, the, the point which I already said that it's, it's very important when we're going out for our groceries, it's really important for us to be organized. So always have a grocery list on you. Um, many of us just go randomly. And when you go randomly, uh, you end up buying many things mm. which probably you, you don't need. And sometimes you look at the, you know, uh, buy one, get one free <laughs> things which you, you think that you're saving money, but in reality you're not. And you jump on those things and you buy those things. So thinking on those terms, so stick to your grocery list. And before going for shopping, I would say, just as we spoke about the fridge, look into your freezers, look into your home pantries, have a look. What is in stock? What do I need? So again, coming down to a written list is extremely, extremely important. The other thing which I can think of is that when you, so when you go for shopping, uh, I would say that have a mix. You know, um, I know there is a lot of stress on fresh fruit and vegetables, and I totally understand that. But we know the life of the fresh fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. So perhaps having a mix, mix of, you know, let's get some thin food, let's get some frozen food as well, let's get, let's get some dry food packets, packets as well, and include some fresh fruit and vegetables as well. So a variety is there. So we know that, you know, first I'll have the fresh food and then I'll move towards the other food. So we're minimizing our food waste. The other important thing when you said that when going out for the for shopping to the groceries, what are we looking at? Um, the expiry date, the use by date, the best before date. Uh, it is extremely confusing. Uh, let alone, you know, I, I've been confused being a dietitian. I don't blame anyone else, you know, a layman being confused on it. So it gets really confusing. So I think, again, it comes down to the awareness side of it, that explaining, telling people that what does expiry mean? What does best before mean? What does, you know, what does, what do these mean so that, you know, we can shop accordingly? Indeed. You know, one thing I would want you to ask, uh, you being uh, a dietitian, uh, sometimes people are, you know, they don't want to have frozen, you know, foods. They, they go for vegetables, but they try to have a fresh yes. ones. Yeah. What is different? So I think it will be it will be beneficial for a listener to, you know, hear that. What does it does it does it does it make difference to buy a fresh and the frozen one? A very good question, and it really depends what you're buying as frozen. So, for example, if you're buying the vegetables, you know, the frozen vegetable packets which you get, mm-hmm. um, they are they are absolutely fine. And to be honest, sometimes they are even more fresher than the fresh produce we get. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because the fresh produce which we get, usually what happens with that fresh produce is that it it goes through different processes. It goes through different processes. And as, you know, first it goes, uh, first it's harvested, then it goes to the shops, then it, we bring it home. So all that, that processes reduce the nutrients in it. The, with the frozen vegetables, what happens is they, they, from the farm, they're picked up and they're frozen immediately. Mm-hmm. When they're frozen immediately, they retain more of the nutrients. So sometimes mm-hmm. the frozen vegetables are more, are mm-hmm. more uh, fresh, to be honest. And then when you say frozen, it also depends what you're having. So if you're having frozen chips, 
just just give you an example. So mm-hmm. there you have to be aware that they will be high in fat, they will be high in oil. So depending on the types of food, mm-hmm. just recently I was talking about uh, canned and thin chickpeas, kidney beans, and people were really curious to know that is it safe? Are they safe to consume? And what I'll say is that yes, they are so easy. They will prevent from food waste as well. They they retain their nutrition. So absolutely, depending on the food, but fruit, vegetables, and your pulses and beans are absolutely fine if you're buying them from tins or cans or frozen. Uh, thank you very much. I think it's very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, if we move on to towards the restaurants, the food waste comes from there. Are they undertaking yeah. any, you know, sustainable initiatives in regard of uh, food waste? A very good question. But what I before I would like to talk about the restaurant side of it as well. But I would like to mention here about the big supermarkets mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. because I think they have they have been playing a role, and we should appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So at Marks and Spencers and uh, Asda and Sainsbury's, what they have done now, because we talked about the best before dates and expiry dates, what they've done now is that they've removed the best before dates. They don't mm-hmm. put them anymore because best before means that they're not as fresh, but they can still be consumed. They will not, not do any harm. Mm-hmm. So what was happening was people were not, we were, people were getting rid of the food which said best before, mm-hmm. although they were fine to be eaten. So what Marks and Spencer and Sainsbury's and Asda, what they've done is they have removed this and you will not see best before dates across fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, this is what, why they've done is they've done this to tackle the food waste. So I think this should be appreciated. As far as restaurants is concerned, all restaurants can do different things, you know, to minimize waste. And we can go on and on about that. It's a long list which we can talk about that how they can reduce um, uh, their uh, food waste and many restaurants are working towards it as well i think it's a slow process it will happen and i can uh, when i'm looking going if you research on it you will find many restaurants doing different things some some going for local produce some going for seasonal produce and i will give you an example of the first there is this one which was the first one first restaurant which was which got opened in brighton they what they did was and that was the first one and after that many other restaurants are also following them the process is slow but they will get there and what that restaurant in brighton does is that they have they, they're trying to eliminate the production of waste by trading directly with farmers so they're trading directly with farmers using reusable delivery containers so they're doing that and what they're doing is they're opting for local ingredients that do not generate waste themselves so there is, you know, I think it will be, it's a slow process that we're getting there. Indeed. You know, as you were mentioning about the uh, best before, people used to think it's expiry as well. Yes, <laughs> And they used yes. to consider the same thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for, you know, telling us as well to, to our listeners. Uh, you, you know, if you discussed about the previous generation uh, may have viewed food wasting as an mm. issue of uh, household hunger and budgeting. Mm. Families mm. often did everything uh, they could to prevent uh, food waste mm. because money was tight and, you mm. know, they needed uh, sustenance. Mm. What do you think? Uh, this has changed now. People have a lot of money and they just don't do, you know, they really don't bother anything. Mm. They buy in bulk and just waste it at the end. It's a very, you know, it's a very pertinent question. And, you know, I, 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 when I think about this question, it really confuses me because if you look at the current situation, 
it's not people money is tight people are are not you know they don't have money on their hands you know you know with the situation the covid and everything even then you know people still are wasting food if you compare it with our parents and grandparents and you know what i think why is that i think because our parents grandparents they were so particular i remember my mm. grandmother never used to even waste one grain of you know um, rice i remember mm. that and i think that's more to do uh, with being close to your culture Mm. your roots your religion mm. and what you what you've been taught i think because the thing True. is money wise then and now things are almost the same but i think we've lost uh, the current generation we've lost you know um the 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 following you know what our culture and religion is and what it says i think that's that's lacking Yeah the etiquette you know the basic you know I don't have to waste the food and of course comes through religion yeah, and the yeah. cultures as you mentioned yeah, uh yeah. you know thank you very much uh, for yeah, for joining us today and give us uh, giving us an insight uh, for these uh, subtopics or the questions I've asked you I was pleasure speaking you. with you thank you for joining us today thank you very thank much you. thank you for having me thank you bye bye So you were listening to Freya J she was just a dietitian and uh, we have discussed many uh, different uh, matters uh, from uh, with Freya and she has answered very well and give us as a insight uh, that what actually happened uh, when we discussed food waste you know uh, there has been a lot of noise about climate change around us and people have been taking to the streets and protesting for it today as we are looking uh, through this topic in different angles and uh, we are discussing actually food waste so to so we can understand that it is impacting the climate change it is impacting on our climate and because of that the things are making a very vital role and we have to stop doing it so we can protect the environment you know the food <clears throat> itself has a very important role and it occupies an important part of our life as we know and we think about eating and uh, trying different flavors we love uh, to sit together and enjoy our friends company over a dinner table we party to celebrate our success success and food again is the main attraction but we ever thought as how much we easily throw away do you uh, do we think how much you know hard work and energy has been used to make this food available to us but again the thing is we don't realize we sit down we you know the food is something it's everywhere you know you you go for the, into the kitchen just to take a cup of coffee and then you grab two three biscuits you you know go for something else you grabbing a apple or banana okay so the the food is you know something which has to be there if you are sitting with your friends or there's a family events the food is there but sometimes the food get wasted at the end and uh, you know that it's not the, the, we don't you know take a proper care of it and uh, at the end it get wasted so it's very important that we should understand that you know the food is when you waste a food its impact or you know it leaves impact on a climate change as well and again you are just uh, you know throwing the food to being ungrateful to god almighty as well that god god has given you money to buy the stuff buy the food and there are some people who are living in poverty those who don't have a you know a pound or you know don't have a little money to buy their foods and they cannot have their meals in a day and on the other side if we look in the entire society they are wasting food so there are some things we have to consider we have to realize and then you know change ourselves 
accordingly and try to you know realize ourselves that we don't we shouldn't be you know wasting food and we have to uh we should be making as much as we want we should be eating what we want we should be buying what we want rather than buying in a bulk and at the end wasting it when we look at the holy quran you know in chapter 7 verse 32 states that all children of adam adorn yourselves at every time and place of worship with garment of fear of allah and eat and drink but exceed not the bounds surely he allah does not love those who exceed the bounds so anything done out of limits and excess can be harmful so anything which is in the boundaries is perfect whenever we go out of the boundaries it's harmful So now uh, I will go to my co-presenter who have joined us as well, uh, Zakaria Ahmed, and I welcome him in the show as well. And uh, we will have a bit of insight uh, from him as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, the what I think, food mm-hmm. is wasted because you know we um, we buy extra. Hmm. You know, we buy too much, and we think that we we'll make be too able much. To yeah. Finish. right but when you know that you know when you limit your your food and when you say that okay you know what this week i will mm. be eating this 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 and i will only buy these things because mm. i only need this so just True. just preparing yourself and mentally you know without you know th- there are tricks as well when you go to the shop in uh, so that you don't buy over buy stuff the best thing is whenever you go to the shops uh, you probably heard it before as well that you should not go empty stomach because when you go empty stomach you'll end up buying a lot of you know unhealthy and unnecessary stuff and the thing is you're probably not going to be able to finish it and you'll end up wasting the food so you know in my opinion right so mm. people whenever they go a best tip is of course when you go and plan your week ahead you know let's say the week starts from monday on sunday plan what you're going to eat every single day and you know buy accordingly don't buy uh you know things that you might think you're going to eat buy things that you are sure that you're going to eat some statistics if you look at um you know and according to the unicef 22000 children die each day to the poverty Mm-hmm. and they die quietly in some of the poorest villages on earth far removed from the scrutiny and the uh, conscience of the world being meek and weak in life makes these dying multitudes even more invisible in death and w- when you look at the, th- the the things that we have we pretty much have everything here if i'm speaking on behalf of myself i see that everything is here and when you just look on the people who don't you just die everything and every is each day 22000 children die just because they don't have enough food yeah we said to her right it's so sad and if you just understand this that people die because they don't have enough food mm-hmm. how can you then waste food indeed you know that that's people that's mm. what people need to realize the yeah. thing is sometimes we don't uh, you know ponder over these things we yeah. don't uh, you know try to uh, you know look back that what how people are living how they are struggling in their lives and mm-hmm. the as you mentioned 20000 22000 children it's not a small number every day yeah every day is a very big number and that's every single day 22000 every single day 
dying just because of poverty just on the, on the other hand we see you know in our houses we see that you know i've seen you know in my parent house in my family in even my mm-hmm. offices mm-hmm. every day we are throwing one bag of you know garbage or waste of food yeah in the bin yeah. the big the bigger bin mm-hmm. okay and that you know i i was just you know realizing right now sitting yeah. here that how much food go in a waste and at the end it's not a matter of we have a small household and there are some restaurants there are you know big uh, supermarkets and then mm. there are many places where you know the food get wasted in very huge number mm. just because we don't plan properly as you were mentioning mm. before as the you know the free dietitian has mentioned that people should be buying as much as they need and they should be making in a bulk yeah. and try to you know put in a freezer and then use it, reuse it after a few days yeah exactly and one thing you know she mentioned very good that when you know you are going for grocery mm. check your fridge first and then mm. go people just go okay the regular routine and then the things are there just throw it yeah. when they come back oh it's already there well, i brought yeah. it oh, there's now two packs of it and one go wasted at the end so yeah. these are the things of course are there which we have to pay attention hmm. you know as uh, if, if i go further in statistics it says that uh, you know they are dying beca- uh, because of poverty as you mentioned when 3 billion that according to the stefano chief executive officer of National UK and Ireland food waste in critical issues from an environment and social perspective and one of where all have a role to play it is crucially important that we work together to help reduce food waste across mm. our own operation our supply chains and also reduce food waste across our own uh, you know for operation as i mentioned and also support consumers to reduce food waste as well yeah In December 2022 Industry Intelligence published an article stating that 90 million plates of Christmas leftover are thrown away every year. Wow. So 90 million plates. So you're getting wasted. Mm. So the wasted food, you know, isn't only a social or humanitarian concern, it is an environmental one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with food waste uh, we also waste the energy and all the water that has been consumed uh, to make it grow, yeah. harvest and then when it is transported and packed you know uh, or to 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 reach us everything you know this is a whole process yeah. if you're having more you're buying more yeah. if you're buying more they are packaging more hmm. they're growing more so simply at the end you know it impacts on every single every point single you know the, you need more water you need more manpower you need more you know the, you, you name it just to, to grow it and then you know to pack it and then by the time it reaches the you pesticides that exactly been used, uh, that's been used more and then you know everything increases if you consume more the more you take the more you uh you know uh, the more you buy the more they're going to you know uh, need to to grow and that's going to affect everything so limitation is or, or limiting yourself of mm. what you eat and when you think when you know that you're going to waste and don't waste it and buy in limit that's the best way and one of the things um anik is what i realized is when you for example make meal preps right mm. you buy only the things you need mm. you make a meal prep you use all the things that you need for example uh and you know that a lot of uh people who are in into health mm. right and they do, uh, and and um athletes as well right so i think they have this sort of meal prep because they know that they have to eat a certain amount of calories every single day mm. so what they do is buy the stuff mm. 
use all of the things that they need and mm. they pack it for the upcoming, let's say, four or five days. Yes, for the right? week, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And they don't. They know that they, they can't touch anything else, so they wouldn't mm. buy anything else. And this is the best way. I think it's the best way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the best way mm. to not waste food and not... The five know, packets in the fridge, you're going to eat that. That's, that's it. it. Okay. That's it. And you you know that you're not going to be wasting food. You're not, you know that you're not going to buy any extra stuff that mm. will go to waste. And that's it. That's amazing, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, if, as we're discussing, you know, if this food goes to waste, as we're discussing, mm. it produces methane, which is a far more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. Mm. You know, the, the greenhouse gas emission can be reduced to 11% mm-hmm. if we stop wasting food. And according to the World Wildlife Fund, as the world's population continues to grow, our challenge should not be how to grow more food, but to feed more people while wasting less of what we already produce. Yeah. So I think it's very important. We can just simply, rather than growing and growing, growing, we have to stop wasting. Yeah. Okay, and try to help people, yeah. of course, and which, you know, a best way to fight against poverty but as how well. would you, the, the, the question is, hmm. because let's say everything is grown here in, in the West, hmm. and pretty much majority of the people, they are well off, they, ha- they can buy their own food, right? How would you then help the poorer countries? You know, one thing um, we have we had this question before with mm. uh, with the la- with the lady uh, Free Hajay that the question was whether people have more money that's what they're wasting or yeah. or the people in early you know centuries they have less money that's what they, that's why they were not wasting the um, food. Mm-hmm. With a very good answer she's given, and of course that's what Islam teaches us as well. Yeah. That actually these comes through your culture, your religion. Mm. Is you know religion has very great impact on these things yeah if you are you you know if you're a religious person and you follow a religion there's a religion which says that you have to eat food but do not you know waste it or exceed the limits mm-hmm. and on the other hand it says you have to help the people who are in need in need yep and when we are you know th- this is the fact if you have you know you're well off you have money where you can help people and when do f- when you follow a religion Okay, then what happens? Whatever you're saving, you would like to help others as well, yeah. rather than wasting it. Mm. You know, somebody asked me that if by living in this country, especially you know, living in a Europe, people do not follow religion. Somebody mm. can come and you can say that, you know, religion doesn't teach me. I do so much charity. Yeah. How can you say that we have to be following a religion for that? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, one we need to understand that any religion, regardless yeah. whether it's Islam or Christianity or any other religion. It teaches the fundamental thing. The fundamental teachings are the same yeah. because it's from one God. Mm. And there was there were a time where their ancestors were told these things, which you know they know in the society that these things are exist because they came through a religion. Yeah, it's not something which came out of nowhere. Yeah, it came through a religion. Mm-hmm. They were they, their ancestors following the religion, and slowly, gradually, it becomes you know the part of their lives. Yes. So some people are following it by default. They think it is just, uh, you know, it, the voice is coming from their heart. I understand that, but eventually, they have had this understanding through religion. Even though they have believed, maybe fifty years back or forty years, or maybe their parents have believed it. Mm-hmm. But these things came come from, you know, the, the root. The, the root is there. Yes. So that's how it's connected. Then, even though now they do not follow religion, but the, the fundamental thing that they used to follow and God, religion has given this you know this understanding that you have to help other 
Yeah. You know, when you help others, you get, of course, your inner peace. That's what help Islam says. Help the poor is, and yes. the needy. Yeah, when you need, help needy, yeah. what happens? Uh, you, you get, you know, uh, your soul uh, gets... Uh, it, it's a satisfaction, Satisfaction, exactly, yes. Yeah. So th- th- that's what we, we do it for. And eventually, as a, in the Holy Quran, God says that when you help others, when you take mm. care of others, of course, God blesses you as well. God gives you more. Mm. Because just because you're taking care of, you know, your... your you are uh, the people around you hmm. and that's what we need to do if even though it's not very hard if we can rather than buying more hmm. if we buy less of course we can send the charity to to other countries where there's so many charitable yeah. uh, you know charities are working where they can help people those hmm. are in need you know it's not the matter that people are not working there are so many charities are working in the country in, in the whole world we have to you know reach to them and try but to give I, the charities and so they can help I, others. I personally don't think that the charities are actually focusing on... I understand that sometimes do happen. The reason is... They don't spend what they should be spending on them. Yeah. But, you know, we have to find the, the way because there's no other way anyway. Yeah. Or either you have to go yourself and then you do it. You know, yeah. sometimes you have some relatives, sometimes you do find somebody who's in mm. need. You know, at least what we can do, if we know somebody, yeah. at least help them. Yeah. You know, if you can't reach somebody that who... You know they are there. Hmm. But you can't help them. That's something else. Hmm. But wherever you can reach to them, I think you should reach. Yes. If you know somebody, try to reach through them. If you cannot do it, of course you can't. Then it's fine. But there are some, you know, charity. Understand that sometimes you know charity they don't spend what they should be spending. Yeah. But you know there are some charities who are well renowned. They are spending a lot on on people and they're taking care of it. I know that the Ahmadiyya Muslim exactly. Community, IAAA, um, Going, and and uh, Humanity First as well. Yes, they're they are going to model the, villages exactly. in places where they, you know, you know, people in Africa where they have to walk for nine, eight miles, right, to on bare food yeah. to just to get water. Exactly, right. They're building um, what's it called model villages where they have you know solar panels, uh, automatic pumps or the mm. electric pumps that you know works through the solar panels, also providing electricity, water, and through this water, of course, they have vegetation as well. So. It is possible, but I think those people who are wealthy enough, mm. if they contribute, mm. right, in the right mm. places mm. to, you know, get rid of poverty, it is possible. Indeed, you know, as you mentioned regarding uh, Humanity First, the charity Humanity First and IEEE, I've seen myself and, uh, you know, one of my friends is there right now, he's visiting different schools, you know, they, they're providing mm. providing them you know, uh, school facilities and uh, they have universities where they can study and, you know, get the higher education. And those, all all of them are not from the very well-off, you know, uh, you know family. Yeah. They are people, maybe if they were not there, nobody would ever help them. Yep. They are, you know, trying to feed them as much as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, they are trying to build hospitals as well. Yeah. You know, as you mentioned, the, uh, you know, water pump as well. There's so many things <coughs> are going on. And I've seen the charity units working day and night to to to, to uh, bring a change yeah. for especially the African continent and the other hmm. uh, uh, parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we carry on this discussion further, you know, uh, there's a plenty of action we can take at the consumer level to uh, make significant difference from a delivering. You know, left over to the to, to these in need of freezing food or shopping smarter and composting to keep inedible scraps out of landfills. We can all take you know small steps to curb 
our emissions. And University of Oxford, you know, researcher Joseph Pori, while speaking to BBC, says that what we eat is one of the most powerful drivers behind most of the world's major environmental issues, whether it's climate change or biodiversity loss. And says cutting meat and dairy products from our diet could reduce an individual's carbon footprint from food by two-thirds, according to the Oxford study published in the journal Science. So, if we, you know, changing our diet can make a big difference uh, to our personal environmental footprint uh, from saving water to reduce pollution and the loss of uh, forests. And, you know, if we go further, what he was mentioning, that he said that food production is responsible for a quarter of all greenhouse gas emissions contributing to global warming. And according to the University of Oxford study, however, the researchers found that that the environmental impact of different foods varies hugely. And, uh, you know, avoiding meat and dairy products is one of the biggest way to reduce your environmental impact. And according to the recent scientific studies, different food to have different greenhouse effect. Around 26% of the total greenhouse emission comes only from food, half of which comes from animal products alone. So, you know, these are the things are there, the facts are there. Uh, what we'll discuss this further, there are different aspects of the food wasting we can discuss and try to, you know, realize ourselves and to our listeners as well to, you know, the small uh, little change in your habit make a big difference definitely definitely um so we have james anderson our um uh, last caller for this hour who is the founder of defer a disability and elderly plumbing and heating emergency repair organization uh to start off um i mean um uh assalamu alaikum peace be upon you um uh, james um hope you're doing well can you hear us yeah, and God bless you too. Thank you. God bless you too. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, thank you. Just to start off, could you tell us about Defer UK? Uh, am I spelling it right? Defer? Is it Defer? It, it, it's Defer. Defer De- UK. Okay, Defer UK. Um, uh, could you tell us about uh, Defer UK and why and how uh, it actually began? Defer UK started in March 2017. Uh, we went to have a look at a, a property at a heating system for an elderly gentleman who couldn't get out of the bed. He was bed bound. He had carers going in every day and he needed a second opinion. We went out, we had a look at the system. We then found the issues with the system was that another plumber had manipulated the system to make him believe he needed the boiler when he didn't and tried to charge him £5,500 that he didn't need to pay. We rectified that. We dealt with the situation, and that's how Defer was born through the heartache of one gentleman. Um, and and uh, with the current financial crisis, uh, more and more households are struggling financially, as you know. Um, yes. And what services has Defer UK been offering to the community uh, to help and, and to support them specifically? Throughout the United Kingdom, we offer free plumbing and heating to the elderly, vulnerable and the disabled and terminally ill. If we can't get to you physically, we will, we will find a local plumber and we will pay the bill. Mm-hmm. We also supply free boilers through subcontractors around the United Kingdom. 
and we get food delivered to your door from a supermarket that we use in the United Kingdom. And we also top up your gas and your electric meters as well, especially now during uh, the crisis that we're facing. And how do you uh, find out about the elderly people and, and those who are in need? Do they uh, visit the website? Um, do you have a specific website that they can uh, visit you? Yes, we have a website, www.defa.com okay. or .co.uk, either one or the other. And people come to us, the email us, explain the situation. We will then send them an email back, ask them the, the people for certain information. Mm-hmm. Once we get the information through, we then submit to them what we will do for them at the support network that we'll get to their door. And it could be elderly, vulnerable, disabled. And we also support low-income and single-parent families also. Okay, okay, wonderful. Uh, James, uh, I would like to ask one question to you. that The, the rates of food waste have been very high yeah. in the UK. Uh, in your opinion, how can households lessen their food waste and instead help uh, those in need? Uh, well, it's based... Well, I'm going to get a little bit religious here, and I hope you don't mind. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's basically the same as what Jesus did when he had the basket of bread and a basket of fish. Mm. If you've got a basket of food or a bowl of food and you don't eat all the food, then share the food. Share the food that mm. you've got with your neighbour, with your friends, with the community. So anything you know you, that you're not going to use, then share it, give it out. That will reduce the intake and the carbon footprint of the food on, on the planet by at least 30%, which will then hopefully turn the planet back into a a system where it's going to benefit us, not go against us in the future. Um, and, and for the government, um, and, and thank you for, for the reference as well, because uh, yeah. um, we were discussing about, um, um, and, and we will be discussing how uh, what Islam teaches, but thank you for yeah. uh, teaching us what Jesus taught us as well. We believe yeah. him as well, a prophet yeah, of Islam. God. Yeah, yeah, we believe him yeah. as a prophet. Yeah, I mean, Islam... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Islam is uh, it's got so many pillars of belief within the Islam yeah. uh, world, and a lot of them, and the majority of them, are towards the community, mm-hmm. towards your parents, towards the elders, towards yeah. the people that have given you the life that you have now. Mm. So yeah, I've got a lot of respect for all religions in the world. Wonderful, thank you. Um, uh, the government, what role can the government um, interventions play in terms of food waste? The government can look at systems where, at the moment in time, we know that certain sell-by or use-by dates are incorrect. And we know that certain food is kept in storage and then used as it's needed by the public. If they could reduce that storage time, that would give a longer life on the food on the shelf and in the, the, the person's home. If we could work around that, that would, again, reduce global waste by 15 to 20 percent so we could easily make 50 percent reduction in food waste just by sharing share the bowl and reduce the amount of time that food is stored indeed uh, you know lastly james how can we and our listeners support defer uk if you go on to our website www.defer.com or uk mm. there is links on there that you can support us you press on the link you can go on to certain support networks that we have now what i think i would say if you can't support us um 
then please go on and ask for support if you need it. Mm. It doesn't matter to us who you are, where you live. Mm. We don't care about religion. We don't care about colour. Mm. We just care about humanity. And we just care yeah. about getting that help to you in your door. Mm. We do cater for people with different diets, different allergies. We cater for halal. We cater for every kind of person that lives within this big, diverse country of ours. So, yeah, we look after everybody. Thank you very much, James. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And, and uh, you too, sir. Uh, you know, the work you're doing, it's great. May God bless you uh, for you, this. Thank you, God bless you too, sir. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us today and give us an insight. Uh, okay. Thank you thank once you. again. Bye. Okay, good night. Thank you, bye-bye. Thank you, bye. Uh, you were listening to the founder of Deferred Disability and Adlery Plumbing and Heating Emergency Repair Organization, James Anderson, uh, who was with the... Uh, us and she, he was discussing that uh, what this uh, organization is working, how they are helping people every day and night. You know, may, if we <clears throat> go back to the topic we're discussing about the food waste, you know, mainly I would say that we need to eat in moder- moderation and stop excessive eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, only then, you know, can we be eating healthy. If uh, I mention uh, the saying of the promised Messiah, in his book, The Philosophy of Teachings of Islam refers to the verse of the Holy Quran and states that good habits of eating and drinking affect both our health and morals. While reciting from the Holy Quran, he said they eat and drink, but do not immoderate. The promised Messiah comments that that is to say that eat meat and other foods, but do not eat anything too excessive, lest your moral state is adversely affected and your health might suffer. Mm-hmm. Again, Islam you know, emphasizes the importance of eating and moderation, not too less or not too much. Yeah. So the, to keep the food cycle fair, we need to act wisely and uh, we need to make changes uh, to our habits and uh, you know, lead simple, simpler life, yeah. which of course make a great difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, moderation is the key for... Um, is it, it, is is the key not to waste or not to do something which is which is bad for you and and the promise of Islam again mm. you know elaborating on the verse of the Holy Quran it says that do not exceed when you exceed of things then you will be wasting and that will lead and that's a sort of sin because you're wasting knowing that you know and 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 you're eating in excess and buying in excess. Uh, knowing that you will be wasting food, and this is this is something which is not acceptable in Islam. One of the best things that we have, um, brother Anik, is um, you know fasting. Fasting mm. is something that really reminds us um, what really how the, uh, the 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 people who are in need are who are in poverty, you know how they feel when they are not able to eat the whole day and then when they have some sort of food then they eat a little bit to survive right so fasting is a very important pillar of islam and it gives us the opportunity to stand in the same foot with our less favored fellow human beings and hence one becomes more sympathetic to the needs for the poor when we fast right and we have to think about our climate as well, our mm. earth, and, and also our fellow human beings who go hungry. 
and yeah. and this this feeling happens when we you know in the, for for those who are not uh, familiar to how muslims fast or what the traditions of the holy prophet was is one of course uh, we, one of the pillars of islam which is must and which we have to follow is the um fasting in the month of ramadan which is in the lunar calendar we have a month 30 days 29 mm. to 30 days where we fast for continuously 30 days and that's for those who are healthy and adults of course and those month and that month we increase in our charities as well that's what the holy mm. prophet used to do as well and also we restrain from drinking and eating so we have this you know realization and the pain that others have um, we feel the pain as well right and so one of the best you know ways to feel how people who don't have enough food mm. how they actually feel isn't it definitely you know that that's what we need to feel and then we realize that what we should be doing mm. and uh, you know automatically this brings a, a great change within yourself yeah you know as you're mentioning about the religion uh, one question come up does religion influence food based habits you yeah. know you know study in the uh, green queen explores the food based behaviors in various religion sects building on further research exploring thoughts about climate change as is according to the findings christian you know diners wasted uh, the least amount of food compared with the uh, druze and muslim diners the researchers noted that the higher religiosity scores corresponded with lower food waste the findings support that the other research on religion and environmental behaviors and a survey conducted by the Pew Research Center earlier this year found that nearly 75% of religious you know affiliated Americans say that the earth is scared and 80% said they felt a sense of stewardship from the planet for the planet and agreeing with the idea that god gave humans a duty to protect and care uh for the earth including the plants and animals so you know people are realizing they're discussing these things and the holy quran says that oh ye messenger eat of the things that are pure and do good works and verily i am well aware of what you do so basically the holy quran is mentioning what you eat has a impact on your soul so eat good because when you eat good it will have an impact impact on you and of course you should be doing good work as well to you know to, to follow the, the the teachings of the holy quran of course it makes a great impact on your soul as well when you do good works you know it's, it's, this is a topic is uh, can be discussed for many uh, hours so uh, we'll be running out of time and uh, you know we'll be touching once again this topic uh, sooner maybe within a month or so and discuss this topic further because this is something need to be discussed in depth and uh, for this hour uh we will be listening to the news and uh we will be back after the news and we'll be discussing another topic uh which we said in the beginning thank you very much
أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show at Voice of Islam. Um, you were listening in the earlier hour um, about a interesting topic, but also a worrying topic as well. The reason behind me saying worrying is because it was about the waste that we do, or, or the food waste the excessive food waste that let's say those people who have enough food um, who waste food and we don't realize that all the waste that is you know just been all the food that has been wasted this specific food could be fed to those who are in need and this is something which is very worrying uh, that's why I said it's it's a worrying topic uh, but by the grace of Allah we you know talk to experts on how we can save you know um you know our food how we can limit ourselves um when when we go to groceries and what in the religion itself teaches us um and, and and religion is something that you know teaches us but then if you practice that religion then you can say that you will be following that of course and one of the things that i want to say is you know um the the holy quran um it says that allah almighty has repeatedly instructed the true believers to fulfill the rights of mankind and to help all those in need or who face difficulties of any kind so those who are in need how can we you know help them if we are wasting food if you really care about those who are in need who are in poverty who the children that are dying every single day because they don't have any food first of all you will not um you know waste food instead you will you know give more and more charities and the quran has you know particularly emphasized the need to help the most vulnerable members of the society um and 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 specifically those who who are poor so if we will be eating wisely and not wasting we will be able to save and help the needy and if everyone will play their role this can ultimately make the world a better place where no one sleeps hungry so our wise eating will in return make us and this world a better and happier place so let's make our planet a better place by reducing the food waste and a happier place by helping our less fortunate brothers and sisters so together we can make it happen but of course um as we promised to you we will be discussing about a different topic um and the topic of this hour is science um how science um and religion they have a connection um it, it is stated in an article from december 2022 last year by the church times that based on one study more men 
than women say science and religion are in conflict. Uh, I don't know why most of the men say this, but uh, you know, apparently more men say this. So this is an interesting topic that, that comes up in our society a lot. And this debate of science versus religion uh, is something which is, you know, uh, which is discussed quite often in societies. And we often see science and religion, you know, pitted against one another um, as of um, it has to be one or the other. So the question, you know, arises, does science and religion necessarily have to be in, in, in conflict or what does religion itself say? What does you know specifically Quran say about science? You know, um, is so. This is what we are going to discuss in in this hour. Is science truly at odds with religion? Um, we also will be giving a Islamic viewpoint, and we will be joined by uh, our esteemed guests, who are both experts. Um, both scientists and members of the Ahmadi Muslim community as well. The One of the um, things that uh, we want to touch upon is um, the, the common atheist arguments. You know, when, when considering the differences between atheists and those who believe in God, we must note that atheists primarily contend that they would believe in God if only they could see him. I mean, and, and you know that every single thing that we have around us, we cannot and we believe that it exists, but we don't we can't see it. So when considering the um you know atheists what when when they say that if God exists then their requirement is that we should be able to see him. Now to answer this question, in short, of course, um, the second caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, may Allah be his helper, wrote in response to this argument and by saying that, um, uh, and, and he said that if it is not necessary to disbelieve in that which cannot be seen and accept only that which is visible to the naked eye. To, the, uh, to do this would be to deny the existence of the fragrance of rose, the soreness of a lime, the sweetness of honey, the bitterness of aloo, the hardness of iron and the beauty of the human voice. We know that um, it exists, but you know we don't see it, right? And he further says that <clears throat> none of these phenomena are perceived through sight rather through the faculties of smell, the faculties of taste, touch and sound. And the other five are the senses. So the second caliph, uh, Mialabi's helper, then gave examples of things which cannot be understood even through the five senses. And yet we still accept their existence. For example, the existence of mind, intellect and memory is an acceptable truth which no one in the world denies. Yet, has anyone ever seen the intellect, or heard, or tasted, or smelled it? It's funny. I I was just uh, watching a debate, um, and, um, uh, and 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 the, the, there was a person who was a believer and a person who was who didn't believe in God. Uh, they had a discussion, and and uh, the person who didn't believe in God said that um, 
you know, I don't believe in God because I can't see. I can't see him. So it's something that I don't see. I will not believe in him. And believing in, in his religion and his prophets is something which is, of course, definitely not going to believe in it. If, if I don't believe, I don't see anything, then I would not believe it. Now, this person was asked uh, that, do you believe that you have you know a brain and he says yes i believe have you ever you know then the, the person asked do you have you ever seen that your brain i said no so how do you how can you say that you have a brain um, however you've never seen your brain right so you know a very simple you know answer to the question is that you know the 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 way god almighty has sent his prophets and the success of it and the, the true followers how they changed from being the most cruel from the society to the best amongst the the people of that the prophet's time right and the success of every single prophet and the prophecy that the prophet did which fulfills and which comes you know um uh, in, in fruition or, or it, 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 the, the, the prophecy that they have done, you know, when that um, very obviously comes to true, then of course people have been accepting the prophets. And this is how, and, and the Quran is full of those prophecies that in, in the 14, uh, you know, 1400 years ago, when God Almighty uh, through the Holy Quran prophesied so many things that will happen in the end days or nowadays um, and which is actually fulfilling through um, the scientists who in one side say that we don't believe in God but then on the other side they're actually fulfilling the prophecies that never ever people could have thought that this will actually happen in so many um, you know 1400 years after um, but um, as I promised to you that we will be discussing with uh, um, an expert um, on, on this field. Um, I would like to um, um, speak to our first guest of this hour, um, Nimra Amir, uh, who is a data analyst with a specialization in health data and biostatics. Um, members of the, uh, she's also a member of the Ahmadi Muslim community um, uh, a, from Canada. So uh, with this short intro, I would like to welcome uh, Nimra Amir. Um, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Draft Time Show. Jazakallah, thank you uh, for being with us. Um, growing up, uh, did you ever feel there was a conflict between religion and science? Um, I know that you might have grown up in a Muslim household, but... Um, when when you met your uh, fellow colleagues or students who didn't believe in God, did you ever you know feel that there is a conflict between religion and science? And if so, uh, did that change over the time? Yeah. So personally, I never strongly felt a conflict between religion and science, and mm -hmm. I feel like for me that's because. Growing up as an MD, we were always taught from a young age ways as to how science and religion actually work together. So 
So, and it wasn't just that we were told these things, right? We were given space to be able to understand them and then having various conferences like the Holy Science and Holy Ground Science conferences. Those, I feel like, were very beneficial for me as well as others. Mm-hmm. And Islam itself encourages for us to scientifically inquire. And not even just that, there's so many verses in the Holy Quran that relate to uh, modern scientific findings, whether that's topics in terms of evolution, cosmology, or something else. Mm-hmm. And, and, is and it, then there's... Mm-hmm. Sorry? Yeah, uh, please carry on. Yeah, and I was going to say, and there's so many teachings by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which scientists are just discovering now. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Did Islam then inspire you to pursue science? Uh, personally, Islam definitely did inspire me to pursue science further, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Muslims were constantly taught to serve humanity in any mm-hmm. way possible, and it's also heavily emphasized in the Quran, and we're constantly given guidance by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the Promised Messiah, Islam, the Khulfah, and the ways we can serve humanity so as someone who has always been inspired and um, interested in science and pursuing medicine from a strong age mm-hmm. from a small age I found that this was um, the path for me so that's why I went and decided to continue studying science mm-hmm. but also as I discussed that we we're always given that constant guidance mm-hmm. I think one person that comes to a lot of our minds is Dr. Abdusalam Saib Oh. And he constantly placed this um, emphasis on scientific knowledge, especially within Muslim nations. He placed a lot of importance on science and how it directly relates back to Islam. And he talked a lot about how Allah guided and urged us to seek and gain knowledge. And because of that, I feel like um, when we gain that knowledge, it gives us so much power in today's society. And further, I also remember him talking about how it's our duties as uh, humans in this society to be paying back debt for those benefits that we take from scientific research. And again, that's our duty to serve humanity back in that way. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, And lastly, I know that you've already answered this question that, um, uh, you know, science is something that, you know, made you more firm in your belief. So do you feel that science has led you to believe in religion more? And this is not just, I'm asking this question in, so so the, the, the guest could benefit as well. Um, was it, it is, um, Did religion really help you to appreciate science more? And for, for the benefit of your, for, for future people as well, when they ponder on the, uh, you know, on, on, on the creation of the world, or for scientists themselves, um, what advice would you give to them when uh, they they study um, about about uh, everything, right, and um, which has a connection with with uh, with religion? Yeah. So coming to the first question, I definitely think that um, the more I learn about science, the more it strengthens my faith. Mm-hmm my faith, but also the other way around, where religion really helps me to appreciate science. So as someone who spent years in uh, school studying science heavily, I think there's so many areas where faith and science go hand in hand. 
And, you know, as human beings, we need factual evidence and proof in order to truly believe in something and be at ease with that belief. But we also need belief and faith to know that there is so much more out there that science could potentially accomplish as long as we have faith in Allah's powers since he is Alim, the all-knowing. And earlier I was reading something and Khalifa Rabbah, he mentioned in one of his books that in Islam, miracles are natural phenomena that we as humans don't have knowledge about at one point in time. And if this wasn't the case, then people would question the wisdom of God. So as humans, we gain knowledge of these concepts over time. So at a certain point in time, you know, we only see a certain level of something, but then over time, science um, brings those things to life. And when he was discussing this, he was actually speaking about the birth of Jesus of Islam and how uh, people at that time, they couldn't understand this, you know, but over time, research has shown that this is something that's actually rare and can occur. Hmm. Wonderful. So, um, to, yeah, as hmm. Muslims and as MDs, we're so lucky because we have the Holy Quran, we have Hadith, and we have this guidance from the Promised Messiah Islam, as well as the Khulfa. Thank you. Um, that's so true. I mean, what I was, I think, uh, I, I, I didn't mention this, but science is something which is a um, uh, evidence of the truthfulness of the Quran and God Almighty itself, isn't it? Because so many prophecies that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has done, and, and, and through the revelation of the Holy Quran as well, a lot of the things when people ponder on the Quran as well, they see that it is being fulfilled through scientists and some of them, they don't even believe in God, but it's actually, you know, fulfilling and it goes hand to hand with religion and which is amazing to know that how did uh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, at a time when all these inventions never, uh, it's it's impossible to even think of these things, but then he mentioned this, through the guidance of God Almighty in the Holy Quran, so it's it's amazing, and I think uh, you know when people ponder on the words of God Almighty in the Holy Quran, they will find you know the truthfulness of His existence uh, for sure. Thank you very much, um, uh, Fariha, for uh, um, uh, sorry. Um, thank you very much, uh, Nimra, for joining us today and and giving an insight uh, of the the questions and and science and and religion. Thank you very much. Jazakallah. Jazakallah. Um, so this was um, uh, Nimra Amir, a, a data analyst with a specialization in health data and biostatistics, also a member of the Ahmadi Muslim community. Um, brother uh, Anik, we were just discussing about the beliefs of atheists, yes. you know, how they basically say that, you know, God doesn't exist because we don't see uh and majority of the people, they will say that because we don't see him, we don't find any, um, you know, we don't find uh, the truthfulness. And yeah, Khalifa al-Masih Sani, or the second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, he explained that there's so many things like smell, mm. our mind, the, the, the voice, uh, you know, the, the knowledge or intellect, um, so many things that we don't see, but we know that it exists, right? Um and then there is another thing that um, atheists also uh, claim that is the universe. Uh, the universe occurred spontaneously mm. or at 
you know, by randomly. Itself, yeah, by itself, right, yeah. By itself. Um, mm. You know, for example, they give the example that the Big Bang Theory is mm. often cited as being the explanation for the creation of the universe. Mm. Uh, with many atheists claiming that the Big Bang occurred by itself. Mm. Right. Um, you know, uh, f- for those who do not know <clears throat> what it is, uh, the Big Bang, you know, is a widely accepted theory of uh, of the origin of the universe. According to this theory, more than 14 billion years ago, the universe emerged from a highly compressed and extremely hot state, and then uh, it rapidly cooled down and expanded. The Big Bang theory is considered uh, a cornerstone of modern uh, cosmology, and from a Muslim perspective, which is very important, we uh, do not believe that occurrence of a Big Bang would necessarily have to be in contradiction with uh, with the ex- existence of God. You know, just <clears throat> mentioning that the Big Bang happened itself and everything came in a perfect manner, has been running in a perfect mm-hmm. manner, and there's no power behind it, there's no being behind it. You know, and uh, mentioning, you know, by presenting this ideology, you know, ultimately they're saying there's no God behind this, there's no... You know, God exists uh, mm-hmm. in in this entire universe, and on the other side, Muslims, you know, you know, very firmly believe that it is God who has created this world. It is God, you know, who, you know, made every single thing. Yep. You know, He is the designer of this world. He has designed every single thing, and the way everything's running smoothly. Indeed, there's a living God behind it. There's a living, you know, being who is every single day taking care of this, and you know. This we see in in the in the entire in, in around us, you know, the wind, they are, you know, the day and night. Sometimes there's cold, there's snow. There's so many things happening. Can't be, you know, if if let's say if you go out tomorrow, there's snow outside, and yeah. you can see the snow coming <laughs> from the sky. Exactly. You can't be thinking it's just random. Yeah. There has to be somebody, isn't it? You know, it's uh, raining think, as well. I think you have an example of uh, last time as well, right? Um, which was a, a a person who didn't believe in God, and then a person who yes. believed in God. They had a debate on, and and the person who came later on, uh, the person who believed in God later on came late. Was, was the it, debate? Was, yes. Was it was it you who discussed? Yes, this? yes, right? I discussed okay, it basically. Yeah. You know, uh, again, I think I would mention this. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's relative to the it's, yeah, yeah to, to the, the topic. The topic yeah. Yes, you know, there's an incident where. Uh, a saintly person had a debate with their, you know, organized a debate that there will be a debate on the existence of God. So there was, you know, atheist on one side and on the other side there was a saint, saintly person, a person from God Almighty. So they decided they will meet up somewhere and they will have a debate and people were, you know, ready and people were there on time and, you know, the saintly person didn't come up on time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the atheist starts saying, you know, he didn't have the answer for it. That's why, you know, he vanished. He's not here. And now I have, of course, it's me who's going to win this debate. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when he didn't arrive for a while and people start saying the same thing, he is the winner. Yeah. There's no God in uh, in this world, okay, for the entire universe. But by the time they were leaving, you know, he, you know, he, was, he, he was coming towards them running and saying, okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he presented that why, uh, you know, no excuse or, you know, he told them why he was late. Yeah. So he said to all of them that I was on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the, you know, to a small boat to, to come there and, you know, bring me on the other side for the debate. 
but it didn't arrive and what happened uh, immediately there was a tree it became into trunk you know it fell into the water and automatically it became a boat and then i traveled on the boat and came over to you and everybody said in one voice it's not possible that everything you know happened you know itself and then he said this is the answer for the universe that how the universe has been created it's not possible that a boat can create itself how is it possible that the entire universe get created you know, on its own exactly so this was the you know one a very strong argument presented before them and he won the debate and people understood yeah that god exist hmm. so these are the things we need to ponder over it that you know every single thing we are running you know if we need a water do, hmm. water cannot come to you you have to go to it you have to do something yeah to you know to make it happen Exactly. You know, if you want to drive a car, or now they are trying to make a you know <laughs> driverless car, you know driverless car, but yeah. automatic cars. I mean, you know, how many accidents they I mean, have to exist, face? But uh, you still need a operator. Yes, he operates those cars. Yeah. Again, but thing is, you know, ultimately, you know, you see uh, that there's so many uh, you know uh, accidents happening. Hmm. It's started just now. Mm-hmm. And it's a very fundamental thing. The people think that if they if you are making this and uh, things can happen, but that's not possible because there's so many things happening for million years, you know, so many years, yeah. and it's working absolutely in the same way. Exactly. Okay, and it's not possible that there's no mistake. You know, yeah. sometimes I give the reference of a human being. Mm. We create something. Let's suppose for a phone, we can create. uh you know a car which we think is out of metal yeah but the lifespan for those things are just few years mm-hmm. even those made made out of you know uh materialistic things which has no soul and nothing on the other side being a human being there's so many of them they're living in this world you know they are the system they have there's another world going on within the body okay mm-hmm. we're eating see we eat you know let's suppose we are eating uh rice yeah converting into you know uh energy and giving you energy mm-hmm. yeah, just you know when we think about these things is how things are happening uh, you know a, a cow is eating you grazing a green thing and giving a white milk <laughs> what's going on is a factory inside or not so <laughs> you know if we start pondering god has himself given some examples in the holy quran itself it says that have you seen horse yeah how powerful he is mm-hmm. he runs for 10 miles for 70 miles an hour sometimes mm-hmm. god said i have created this animal you keep them because of the beauty but it also helps you to be one place to another yeah and you know in an early if you go back to the it's, it's history, a god's creation yes, right yes yes um imagine there are no there's no oil no electricity no nothing how would you run the cars how would you you know build cycles or anything but god's creation is the animals let's say it doesn't matter whatever happens yeah. if we have horses or camels we can still ride them exactly you know god has made a different class of it as well exactly there was you know horses to 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 reach somewhere very fast mm-hmm. then there was camels especially made for you know deserts exactly you yeah. know they say i think if you know the phrase i think they said there's a aeroplane of of the desert they can go anywhere it mm. can have a very long distance journeys yeah and people are riding on them and the way and god himself has given this example in the holy quran as well that just mm. look at the camels how god has created them look at their paws look you know, their foot how god has made them plain 
so they can you know walk on the sand and they can keep the water within themselves you know it's amazing exactly how can you how how can something can contain water for many days yeah. and then drinks whenever it wants from it, yeah from the stomach from the yeah. stomach and it's yeah. not a machine it's a living being <laughs> yeah okay so these things are god created and he himself given these examples in the holy quran that if you want to recognize me if you want to you know, understand me that i exist look at these things look at your cre- the creation yes look at it's me who has created this mm. you know there's so many examples can be given you know uh, but we being a muslim mm-hmm. you know it is god who caused the universe to come into being exactly. and if there was a big bang then why would it be contradictory to say that god himself caused it mm. why why yes yeah, exactly. exactly why you have to know there's no god why you can see have to say this god but the thing yeah. is when you say there's a god then there's another question comes up why god has created this hmm. you can say god why is created because god wanted us to be here and you know live according to him mm-hmm. and that's what sometimes people don't want to do it because mm-hmm. you know when you become under religion there are certain limits there's some boundaries you can't cross certain limits there are uh, you know responsibilities exactly. and you know that you're responsible for but the good do. thing yeah, but the good thing is When you start following it, you don't fight with each other. You take care of each other. Mm. You have respect for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how to speak to your parents, how to take care of your neighbors, how to, you know, take care of orphans. The yeah. everything fundamental teachings are there. Exactly. And you know, it, the problems God knew before these these things gonna come up. Mm. But f- to solve this, we have to unite. And you know, sometimes. you know say that why we don't need a religion we don't need a god we are doing everything you know already but i answer them sometime you know when i speak whenever i speak to atheists that mm-hmm. you don't have to change just yourself yeah religion is for entire world entire society all of them should change because if you're doing something of course you're making a slight different but you can't change the whole world mm-hmm. but when everybody comes together yeah then you can be, you know bring a true change yeah so religion basically when you follow religion religion ask everyone to do the same thing exactly i mean all the religions they have the core beliefs of the religion mm. is pretty much the same but exactly. you know uh, you know l- l- to understand why we have to believe on, in all the prophecies because they're linked to each other they have made prophecies about each other as well and the unity that they you have spoken about is that you know when there is so much fighting happening in one mm. nation let's say mm. when the prophet comes he tries to unite the nation under one in a uh, unity which is the unity of of god almighty right you know if we discuss about the scientists once again as we were discussing before yeah. does you know the great scientists you know have did they ever believe on god because they've seen the true inside of science that what's how is everything happening because you know once i've been to Uh, I can't exactly recall. There's a, a NASA center in, um, in 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 Leicester. Okay. I think is there's very few of them, and there's one of it in 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 Leicester. In Leicester. You know? Okay. I I went there. You know, I was watching a documentary where they show that how uh, you know a person is you know they make him ready to go uh, out of this world, uh, this our world. Okay. Mm-hmm. and how they go to different uh, planets and what happens and how they have to you know what kind of uh, you know uh, training they have to have mm-hmm. and what how they're going to survive in you know in 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 the uh, universe yeah and when i you know listened it listened to it when i saw the you know the visuals you know i felt you know god is amazing yeah 
who has created this mm-hmm. who has you know because they did they shows the details that how, what are the things they see when they go there mm-hmm. and it was so fascinating watching it and you know my i'm not kind of person interested in the science but <laughs> my wife dragged me that you have to go then when i went there i enjoyed a lot i you know really you know left an impact on on me okay you know to to understand more about god almighty himself mm. i think science is a tool to you know understand that god exists or yeah. you know when you learn science and appreciate exactly exactly appreciate his and creation isn't if, it if you learn science then you go back has to be a creator mm-hmm. who created this so we'll be discussing this further i think uh, we have a uh, Uh, another our sec- guest yeah, yeah our second guest for for this hour dr nusrat sharif who is uh, a phd in molecular immunology uh, senior principal scientist working with uh, pfizer um and the president of the usa's ahmadi women's scientist um association um with this intro i would like to welcome uh Dr Nusrat um to our show assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the draft time show assalamu alaikum peace be on you as well and um uh, it's it's great that i am here um and i'm a part of this show today jazakumullah for giving me this honor thank you it's an honor for having you and it's a pleasure um and and uh, and the the best way to understand science and religion is to uh, speak to a scientist um ourselves so um i would like to ask you uh the the ahmadi muslim community in the usa they recently held its ninth annual quran and science symposium uh could you tell us a little bit about that and can you tell us about the purpose of the event or what the event actually was Uh, sure yes of course um so we recently hosted the science annual holy quran and science symposium in maryland at the bazar rahman mosque uh, and this was hosted on january 21 so we just came back on sunday after hosting this event there were um about 650 attendees Um, wow. Alhamdulillah, this time, mm-hmm. um, yes, and uh, so the significance of this event is that um, Muslims or Ahmadi Muslims uh, should seek guidance from the Holy Quran in their scientific and intellectual pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and we started the Holy Quran and Science Symposia as a way to leverage. uh amadi muslim scientists from different avenues different fields of science where they can share their knowledge of science and research and also bring out the perspectives from the holy quran um that could be valuable um or are a source of guidance to them in their scientific careers um and so uh, this um, hosting of the holy quran and science symposia actually began in the year 2013 um and at that time we got a two page message from Hazrat Khalifatul Masi um may Allah strengthen his hands on the purpose of this symposium as well as the fact that we were hosting it um and there were three key points that we got from that message one was uh, the early uh, muslims they looked turned to holy quran for guidance 
and they excelled in their scientific research and their scientific pursuits. Um, and there came a time where the people left the Quran and then the promised Messiah um, came up to revive the knowledge of the Holy Quran. So the guidance for Ahmadi Muslims is to follow the Holy Quran in, in their scientific research um, and read the Holy Quran, understand it, understand its meanings, because Holy Quran instructs uh, the believers to mm-hmm. dwell on the creation and the purpose of this creation and how it was created. So there are various verses that bring uh, that are important with the perspective of pursuing in scientific endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was the goal. Um, so this is the sorry the goal of this symposium. And this year's symposium, we we have a team every year for hosting this um, Quran and Science Symposium. And the theme this year was achieving 100 Abdus Salam scientists. Okay, okay. Hmm. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I think we heard Hazur mentioning regarding this as well. Once again, uh, we saw this week with Hazur that uh, about the 100 scientists, isn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, Abdus Salam, you know, just to give a... Um, Inside on who Abdus Salam was. Dr. Abdus Salam was a um, a, a, theoric, a theoretical uh, physicist from uh, you know originally from Pakistan and who also um, you know received a Nobel Prize for physics as well, isn't it? So uh, yeah. So uh, yes. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, up uh, to you, <laughs> uh, Dr. Nasser Sahib, Are you with me? Yes, I'm. Yes, sir, I just want to ask. You know, what were some of your favorite parts of the symposium? If you would like to mention. Um, so this time symposium was very unique because it had more scientific speakers mm-hmm. and they were a diverse panel of speakers in different fields. Um, the keynote uh, was essentially a, a favorite piece uh, because the keynote was on the reminiscences of Professor Abdus Salam. Um, and the speaker was Dr. Adiza Rahman Saiba, who is the daughter of Dr. Abdus Salam. So he had a first-hand information, um, and she shared some of the reminiscences, uh, his attributes of life, um, how he worked in science, and how he worked um, in uplifting the scientific education of uh, the Pakistan community, and as well as um, other areas, um, and how he achieved the Nobel Prize in 1979. Assalamualaikum, um, Dr. Nusrat, are you with us? I think uh, her call dropped. Uh, anyways, if we uh, discuss uh, the topic as we're discussing uh, about the scientists, whether they are believed on God uh, and religion, you know, despite those atheist arguments, many great scientists have believed in God and uh, you know and religion without finding any conflict between the two. And a perfect example, as uh, you mentioned about Dr. Abdul Salam, hmm. uh, he was a theoretical f- physicist um, from Pakistan who passed away in 1996. And his scientific contributions were so profound that in 1979, he was awarded the Nobel Prize uh, of for physics. And that is one of the highest uh, distinction a physicist can receive. And Dr. Abdul Salam was notably a devout Ahmadi Muslim's you know, unwavering in his faith. Uh, 
Thank you um, for the intro of uh, Dr. Abdul Salam. He was also a member of the Ahmadi Muslim community, also a devout Muslim as well, isn't it? Um, I think uh, Dr. Nusrat is back. Um, Assalamu alaikum. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Uh, sorry, um, uh, please carry on. I we um, if, with what you were um, saying. So if you um, um, if you could carry yes, on, yes. Yeah. Um, sure. So um, the, so it was really nice to get this um, information from her and the emotional um, impacts of this since she's the daughter of Dr. Abdul Salam um, and she inspired us. Uh, you know, and there were some t- some. Uh, people whose eyes were rolling with tears, um, hearing about the sacrifices of Dr. Abdul Salam and wow. his um, career journey in achieving the Nobel Prize. And uh, the takeaway piece is that he was a strong Ahmadi Muslim, and he always um, turned to the Holy Quran. And in fact, uh, the research that he did was um, he utilized that um, to to give to provide evidences for the existence of one God. Um, and uh, even at the banquet, when uh, he gave his Nobel speech, he he recited verses of the Holy Quran um, and um, how it, Holy Quran towards science. So um, I think um, she also shared some uh, pictures mm-hmm. that she had, which are very valuable because she has them. And so it was um, a really a great speech and a source of inspiration to the audience, especially to the younger generation, because of uh, with the theme of achieving 100 of the salams. And this mm-hmm. theme is based of the mission given to us by two khulafa, Hazrat mm-hmm. Khalifatul Masih the three, Rahmullah Ale, mm-hmm. and Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the fifth, may Allah strengthen his hands. So this mission is to lead the next Islamic golden age of science mm-hmm. and these are the Ahmadi Muslims that will lead it and so this um, um, touching back to the life of the, of the Nobel laureate Professor Abdul Salam as well as looking into the guidance of the Holy Quran were some of the key pieces uh, of the symposium um, there's um, I think uh, there was once asked to Dr. Abu Salam as well that which specific verse um, of the Holy Quran inspires you um, and inspired specifically his research and um, answering this question he said every verse every verse inspires me um, and he also wrote in, at, at one occasion that the Holy Quran enjoys us to reflect on the varieties of God's creation uh, created laws of nature and he ex- expressed gratitude that through science he had been privileged to glimpse a part of God's design. And we were discussing about this earlier as well. That you know, the science—the more you understand, the more, the more you look at the creation of God Almighty, how complex and beautiful it is. The more you fall in love, and the more you try to understand who God really is. Um, and and it's a wonderful, you know, a symposium that you had. Um, but you know, you know, in your own life, um, um, like you said, you are uh, from a Muslim household, um, and you've been learning the Quran um, from a very young age. So, did the Holy Quran, or specifically Islam in general, play a a role in your desire to pursue science? Um, that's a great question, and thank you for asking that. 
Um, so yes, I was inspired um, uh, in science um, right from an early childhood, um, and this interest uh, was um, because of my uh, noble father, Doctor um, Hafiz Salim Muhammad Aladdin, um, who was um, uh, a famous astronomer and also had the opportunity to work with Doctor Abdul Salam oh. in the International Center for Trieste at Italy, um, and he's he's and he was an in- astronomer um, and um, and the interest was um, because of him and he was also Hafiz Quran so he used to constantly be reciting the Holy Quran and his love and inspiration of the Holy Quran was just outstanding um, the verse that he particularly recited was from Surah Al-Imran mm-hmm. uh, verse 191 to 193 which um, is that in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and in the alternation of the night and the day, they are indeed signs for men of understanding. And he would constantly recite this, mm-hmm. um, and then would also discuss with me as a child and and say how the Holy Quran instructs the believers, uh, you know, to direct their intellect, their, their mental faculties in uh, trying to understand the creation of Allah Ta'ala. And so... Uh, he would take me outside on the terrace and we would look at the stars together. And once again, he would bring it down to the Holy Quran. Um, you know, um, the, the, the value and the wealth of knowledge that is in the Holy Quran. Um, so I think I was inspired right from my early childhood. He also at um, other times told me, um, you should pursue science and do science. Hmm. Um, so um, yeah, I think um, as uh, I think so. she was mentioning regarding uh, her dad and yeah. uh, herself that how Quran inspired the, her. Quran, to, yeah. Yeah. So you know, of course, yeah. you know that when they read the verse of the Holy Quran, it gives us gives so much. You know about God Almighty, the who, you know, He's He, and how the universe is working, and how you can find God Almighty. And of course, when hmm. you do research and you have a good knowledge of the Holy Quran, and you can relate the verses of the Holy Quran uh, to your research. Hmm. And, you know, I was mentioning before regarding Dr. Abdul Salam. You know, of course, he was a Muslim uh, scientist and he was a Nobel Prize winner. I would like to, uh, you know, mention one of, uh, you know, his his discussions which he had with Einstein, Mm -hmm. right? You know, even Einstein, you know, he himself considered himself to be deeply religious, Mm-hmm. It's not something, it's only him because he was a Muslim. Yep. And, he, you know, even Einstein, and he was, there's no explanation needed or there's yeah. no, you know, you don't need to introduce him. He's a great scientist and considered himself to be a deeply religious. And Dr. Abdul Salam, when he had a first meeting with Einstein, the entire discussion was about religion. Oh. So, you know, uh, we need to understand that the scientists, the you know the scientists who are very well renowned, they have understood somehow, somewhere that there has God exist. You know, mm-hmm. there is somebody, you know, who has, uh, you know, there is a being behind it who is you know moving everything, who has created everything. It's nothing we can't say that happened uh, by itself, mm-hmm. and it's just not a Muslim scholar. There are even Einstein. I've I've uh, been reading. There are some other scientists who also believe in religion and understand that, yes, God, you know, there has to be a being. Mm-hmm. 
okay so in religious tell that he is a god who created this so they understand they it's just possible that these things come on its own or you know it was just coincidence that everything came into place perfect perfectly um As, yeah i mean uh, i just wanted to add something you know um when scientists um they ponder on the words of god almighty mm-hmm. um they basically find the answers to their questions mm-hmm. and sometimes what happens is the ideas that suddenly comes into their minds that no one has told them but suddenly comes into the mind is basically a sort of revelation and that revelation is from god almighty and i just wanted to you know mention a hindu um uh, mathemat- uh, mathematician who was a genius mm. and they i think uh, made a movie out of him as well then he said uh, that he used to get revelation from his his god or his goddess right i think i, I, I think that there is i think a uh, very nice you're absolutely right you know it's kind yeah. of revelation and the promised messiah salam has mentioned once yeah uh, i'll uh, you know um, mention the urdu couplet it says akal andi hai gar nayyar ilham na ho that okay. your you you know your all uh, your mind is blind okay it 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 cannot see okay the your wisdom okay or the idea you get yeah. you know if you just consider that you ha- it got it because just you had a mind or you have wisdom yeah. no it's not possible yeah it is uncome just yeah, yes. the idea yeah because you have a mind it says akal andhi hai that your 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 mind is blind somehow yeah. okay gar nayyar ilham now if god doesn't reveal on you yeah that this mind cannot do anything exactly okay so these things and especially things which is something new okay it comes from god almighty hmm. this kind of revelation yeah which god reveals on you and open up your mind because you are putting so much effort mm-hmm. into it and god he says himself in the holy quran that when a person put effort on anything yeah god helps that god person god helps that person and the person i was talking about uh, you know eventually he was a hindu but he believed in mm-hmm. god he mm-hmm. really believed in the creator and he used to say that i used to get revelations from the hindu goddess right uh but he still believed in a, a being that has created him so this this person when he met other scientists as well and and they were asking where do you get these ideas from mm. and this person would say that i receive revelation from god um just That's for anything. the benefit for the listeners his name was Srinivasa uh, Ramanujan uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably mispronouncing his yes. name but almost there mm-hmm. so this person you know he actually used to say that i receive revelation you know, that means i get the ideas from god it doesn't you know come just from myself of course the effort is there that you said someone who puts the effort mm. to you know to do something or to find something they get this uh from god or my team you know uh if we discuss another thing that you know where for the especially for our uh listeners there has to be some argument isn't it to understand more the existence of god mm. the second caliph uh, of ahmadiyya muslim association you know he was a worldwide head of the muslim ahmadiyya muslim association as well wrote an essay you know he gives gives given the title that 10 proofs of existence of god where he draw drew attention to the fact that that the way that our universe functions is a sign of the existence of god mm. and i think one should read it and understand comprehend you know fully that what are the proofs and how 
you know, it shows that, the, yes, God exists. And if we discuss about the, you know, revelation, the Quran and science especially, you know, the, the connection with all three. The Holy Quran is over 1400 years old. And yet the sign that has been mentioned in the Holy Quran, you know, far surpass, surpasses the knowledge that human beings possess as its time of revelation. And this is one of the ways that science can be used to to, the, to, to prove the truthfulness of the Holy Quran. Exactly. If the things has been mentioned 1400 years before, then, you know, it's it's, it's a stamp on of truthfulness of that uh, of a book that is from God. You know, if we discuss very fundamental thing regarding how the child is born, mm -hmm. the seven stages, six or seven, if I'm mistaken, and it is mentioned by the science few years back. Yeah. And even though, you know, Holy Quran has mentioned 1400 years ago, uh, yeah. but there's no other mean to find out how, you know, child grows in the womb. Yeah. So it's God Almighty himself has mentioned and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's, you can't, uh, I will read out the verses as well where God Almighty says that the steps has been mentioned. That it says is chapter 23, verse 13 to 15, that verily we created man from excerpt of clay, then we placed him as a drop of sperm in a safe depository, then we fashioned the sperm into a clot, then we fashioned the clot into a shapeless lump, then we fashioned bones out of the shapeless lump. Then we clothed the bone with flesh. Then we developed it into another creation. So blessed be Allah, the best of creator. So these words are truly amazing, especially when we study the Arabic words that are used in this these verses. And we are, you know, constrained by time, but you know, give some perspective of how groundbreaking these verses are. We can consider the perspective of Professor Keith Leon Moore. And, uh, you know, Professor Moore passed away in 2019 and was one of the world's most prominent scientists in the fields of uh, anatomy and embryology. And uh, he authored a book titled The Developing of Human, which is scientific reference work, was chosen by the special committee in the United States in the best book authored by one person. So he's, you know, not that Professor was, was not a Muslim, but from his high level of expertise, Professor Murray verified that the universe, the verses of the Holy Quran were fully accurate according to the scientific knowledge that now we have. You know, now we're going to, uh, I think, uh, listen to the clip quickly. Um, then we will be finishing uh, this show. But I believe that what is recorded in the Quran is accurate according to our present knowledge. And uh, as I say, I'm sincere in what I say is that we just didn't have this knowledge and some of this knowledge about the genes and the chromosomes has only come to us in the last uh, 10 and 15 years. When I was a student uh, 25 or 30 years ago, we didn't have a lot of the knowledge we have now. And there are a lot of things in the Quran that were, uh, I was asked questions about and I said, I don't understand it. And I think that maybe in another 100 years, and I won't be here, but some of those verses, if you ask them to the embryologists of that day, they will say, sure, that is what this means. So uh, today we've discussed uh, a vast topic, but of course we we couldn't mention everything because it's a, it's a very vast topic. Um, science and religion are not at odds with one another as known by various scientists with deeply held religious beliefs and 
modern day scientists you know specifically can be used as proof for the support of religion um and and thank you for uh, for everyone for listening i would like to thank maliha shahzad and zain karim who are the producers of today's show and also would like to um uh, thank akib ahmed who is the uh, from uh, is working behind the tech um i hope you have benefited from the show today and we hope to um you know discuss about this topic uh, in future and here is the six o'clock news